weekend, we're having our annual war games. Now, Simpson, because of your many years as a nuclear technician, we're putting you on a nuclear sub. Nuclear. It's pronounced nuclear. Oh, whatever. Nuclear. They are pure, they have no negativity, and remind them that they are not alone. They can connect the departed, the, the, the ones that they love, they lost, to an angel and connect to this person. Okay, guys, welcome back to the Grand America Show. We're going to be chatting with Marie-Ange Fogerola. A little bit later about angels and such and we got rpj join us for the intro uh, but first as always graham i say nuclear with three syllables dunlop how's it going buddy not too bad <laughs> i'm I, I don't even deny that i think that's the right way to say it it's nuclear what's wrong with that that was right <sighs> that was two syllables Nuclear, that's what I always say, no? Sometimes you say nuclear. Nuclear? Nuclear. Nuclear. <laughs> nuclear. <laughs> Anyways, we have, it's Red Pill Junkie. I think we should say his full name, not RPJ, because just people won't understand what RPJ are. So. Should we expose this? Uh, it's interchangeable. Yeah, well, for some. How are you, Red? Oh, I'm pretty good, you know, finishing finishing up the year, trying to finish up some of the projects that I have left to the wayside in order to get some dinero. But yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty excited with the things I'm, uh, uh, I'm coming up, the, the, the projects I've been collaborating, and I just can't wait to finish them up and in order to release them to the public. Huh. Can you give us a tease? Yeah, well, you know, the, the, the project I'm, I've been working up specifically is the upcoming book by Greg Bishop, you know, who used to write for the defunct website UFO Mystic alongside with our good friend Nick Redfern. And Greg is like a personal hero of mine, you know, he's to me one of the persons I admire the most in this field. So the moment that he asked me to collaborate with him and, and asked me to, to illustrate the, the, uh, this anthology of writings, that uh, recollection of some of the things that he wrote for UFO Mystic, it's like one of the things like, imagine that you are like the biggest uh, Star Wars fans in the world and suddenly you get a call from J.J. Abrams and, and tell, asks him, you know, do, do you want me to, you want to come over and help me uh, work in, on episode seven? It's like, the, you had me at hello, right? <laughs> so so I, it's been a, a pretty exciting thing. It's one of the things that you get emboldened by your ignorance because at first you think, oh, well, how, how hard can it be? <laughs> Right, but then it turned out to be quite hard in some of the, the the chapters in order to illustrate some of the things that that Greg wanted to communicate. But fortunately, that's over, and now comes the part of trying to to design the book cover for the book, which hopefully 
would be released be, before the Christmas holidays. Huh. So you're, so you're doing the, the cover? Yeah. You know, uh, Greg also asked me to do that. And once again, you know, emboldened by my ignorance because I'm not really a graphic designer by trade. But I know a thing or two about working my way with Photoshop and the like. So I'm trying to do the best the best I can. And hopefully by the time I'm done, it won't be a terrible eyesore. You know, it will be actually something that you might get to try to take a look at if you see if you see it on the Amazon bookstore or maybe hopefully in some Barnes and Nobles or local bookstore near you. Well, we have full confidence in you. It did our logo and it's still catching people's eye. Now it's a t-shirt. Now it's a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah. Speaking <laughs> of t-shirts, you can donate to the show and we'll ship you a t-shirt. Yeah. How do they see pictures of the t-shirt? An RPJ doesn't get a cut. How do our listeners get pictures? You son of a... <laughs> Actually, you know what? I had somebody mention to me that... We should give him a cut. That your signature wasn't on no, it. No, we own it. You gave it to us. We'll beat you in court. <laughs> <laughs> well, if you could at least put my, you know, RPJ PL in one of those t-shirts, that would be... Is it not on any of them? Not even no. the original ones? That's pretty dirty. Well, it was the color. We talked about it. It was just an extra charge for another color. Oh, yeah, so. it's like an extra three bucks a shirt. Maybe we could just we'll get... We'll do a special edition with the red pill. For sure, red pill. Right. Okay. We could just put the pill in black and white. No, that, then it yeah. wasn't, there was no point or, in putting it in there. We decided not, not to put a shirt, though. You know, here in, in, in these illustrations for Greg Bishop, all the illustrations are in black, black and white, right? You know, so in grayscale. So I decided to put the the signature, you know, the red the red bill in a dark gray color. So you could maybe do the same. No, okay. I think we All should right. get it done. We should add it to it. Yeah. I feel kind of like a dick. I feel like. <laughs> <laughs> Where can people see pictures of the shirt, Dan? On the website or in the Twitter feed? In the Twitter feed, <laughs> you don't have them in a good spot yet. It's in the Twitter feed and in the Facebook page okay. feed. We'll, we'll update. We'll figure out how, what Someday to put on the Someday we should website. put a page, but then yeah. that's a lot like having a store. Not a page, just a picture somewhere on it, like a blog, like a t-shirt blog. Just search t-shirt and it's on the blog. Yeah. Something like that. Okay. Anyways, uh, Red, I want to talk to you about your, you mentioned if people uh, want to meet you, actually, you'll be at UFO uh, Congress, right? This, uh, this year and at the Paramania. So a couple conferences you got lined up. Yeah, the Paramania is definitely happening is definitely a trip that I'm going to make next year to the United States. It's going to be from April, April the 1st to the 4th in Dallas, Texas. And it's going to be a really informal, very loose um, gathering of people who are interested in the kind of stuff that we like to talk about. You know, you have fans of both Radio Misterioso and also Binal of America. We're going to try to have maybe a few road trips, maybe a visit to to the the Daily Plaza, the the place where John F. Kennedy was killed by either Lee Harvey Oswald of a whole cabal of shooters. And maybe from there, you know, we're going to other 
uh, interesting places in Texas, maybe even, you know, going to Aurora, you know, the place where there is a legend of uh, a, cra a, a crash of an alien craft in the early 19th century and, and the occupant that was mercifully buried by, by the townsfolk. So the, it's, it sounds to be a really interesting experience, you know, just people who might be interested to go, they should go and visit the Paramania webpage that I think is hosted on the Vinal of America webpage. And yeah, I'm also thinking about going to the International UFO Congress, you know, also again with, with Greg Bishop and uh, other friends of mine, because we're really interested in uh, having a chance to, to listen to Jacques Vallée, who's going to, to be one of the speakers uh, in next year's Congress. And that, to me, it's like, like a pilgrimage, you know, me, me, meeting <laughs> a person who's been in my eyes, one of the most important and most influential persons in the field, certainly one of the most influential persons who has shaped my current uh, taking of the UFO, UFO phenomenon. So having a chance to maybe have a, a few minutes in a private conversation with, with him, you know, would be like a dream come true. Wow. <clears throat> yeah, that would Try be... and book him, then you can talk to him for a whole hour with us. <laughs> yeah, hand out some of your cards. Oh, the I don't ones think that those I ever lost. made it back to <laughs> oh, fucking what? Mexico, remember? They didn't make it? I should send you more Did then. Did we not tell you yet? Have we not broke the news to Graham? No, I don't think so. I, I thought that somebody was still looking for them and they'd find them. No. Oh, do you think that someone is still looking for them at the, at the Hilton in, in, oh in Minneapolis? No, I thought maybe they were just lost not, in your Not the Hilton. It was not that other one. So well, I, feel, I feel bad, Red. I forgot to ask you about Greg's book. So what's Greg Bishop's <laughs> book about? Well, uh, it's a secret. It's about, you know, no, no, it's not a secret. It's about uh, <clears throat> uh, Greg's personal take on the UFO phenomenon. And he is a very interesting character because he's neither a true believer nor uh, uh, one of those skeptics who may say and belittle every single uh, UFO encounter. Greg is of the opinion that the UFO phenomenon is pretty much real, but he is very skeptic of uh, the most popular um, theories or hypotheses of trying to explain either the origin or the provenance or the purpose of the UFO phenomenon. I think that one of the things that Greg has con uh, has contributed the most in this field, you know, the, I think his main contribution is his theory of uh, co-creation, how whenever you have <clears throat> a UFO encounter, and, and, and you have, you know, this uh, 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 alleged interaction with uh, an other intelligence. There is a whole lot of things that, is ma that are manifesting that may come from your own psyche and your own cultural baggage. That it's, you know, a way in which maybe the intelligence is trying to interact with you. So in, in the end, there is, it's a very, very, fine and very blurry line in trying to see 
how much it's coming from the 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 phenomenon itself and how much it's coming from your own uh, uh, psychology huh that's interesting i wanted to uh, ask you do you have anything else you wanted to uh, to talk about because i I listened to that podcast that we had talked about on a few shows back, and I do want to pick your brain about that. How, please? Uh, uh, you want to talk about refresh that? Refresh my mind. The one on... Uh, Bigfoot? No, the one, Bigfoot? On, the one on Banal, America, with uh, oh. Adam, John and Adam, I think it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you want to, do you want, can we talk about that? No. Oh. You didn't listen to it what? yet? I didn't listen to it, oh. no. But you guys can talk about it. Well, listen, it, it, it's a fascinating, it's probably the most fascinating podcast that I listened to this year. You know, this uh, alleged encounter that these guys had um, in some um, undisclosed forest in the, I think it was in the Pacific Northwest. You know, so uh, I don't remember the name of this guy. I think it's, it's Adam Neal. Am I am I right, Graham? Uh, Adam Davis. Adam Davis. Thank you. So Adam Davis is a guy who started in the cryptozoology field in a very you know scientific and what you might call the nuts the nuts and bolts what what would amount as the nuts and bolts aspect of the UFO phenomenon, but in his in his case being a cryptozoologist, he's very much a, a uh, flesh and blood, you know, very, very down to earth cryptozoology, you know, the kind of thing people who uh, think that Bigfoot is um, a, yet, as a yet undiscovered flesh and blood animal. Mm -hmm. And so he has made quite a few trips uh, to, for example, to the Congo in search of the Mokelo and Bembe. I think he has gone to the Gobi Desert in sense of, of the uh, uh, Gobi, um, what's the name of this cryptid? In Gobi Earthworm, I think, or the Sandworm. And he's also going in search of the Orang Pendek, which it seems to be like a, a, a cousin of the Orangutan, but probably closer in physiological speaking to, to, to human beings. So instead of being like a, like an ape, like a chimpanzee or whatever, maybe something closer to what uh, 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 an extinct, I don't know, Australopithecus or some kind of right. extinct extinct uh, uh, primate. So he so he goes on Banal of America with John Carlson about an encounter that they had, right? While searching for doing like a Bigfoot type hunt with this Bigfoot guy, right? Yeah, I think that they went along with this guy who claimed to be what in the cryptozoology circles call an uh, habituationist, you know, a guy, a guy or a person who claims to have a long-standing, long-term relationship, relationship with either one or a, a single big, Bigfoot or a group of Bigfoot. So these are the people who claim to live, you know, all, uh, food offerings and things that the Bigfoot take. And 
they kind of form like a, like a bond. Uh, and I don't know, I'm, I'm thinking about uh, the movie Gorillas in the Mist, mm-hmm. with, which portrays this primatologist, Diane Fosse, who, who went to, to, <clears throat> to Africa in order to, to, to protect the, the, the gorillas. So I, I guess it's the same relationship, but uh, Bigfoot, uh, the way they, these people talk about it, it's n- not, cl- uh, instead of being like uh, some kind of animal, it seems to be closer to, a, 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 well, a thinking, sentient being, you know, non, uh, uh, well, maybe not as, smart or as intelligent quote unquote intelligent as a human being but something something that you can get um, uh, uh, a more complex relationship with so this uh, Adam Davis and this other guy went to this uh, with this guy uh, to the places where he claimed to have interaction with Bigfoot and apparently during one of those nights, they had a, a really, really freakish encounter with this, uh, what name, uh, language is so limiting here. Yeah, like por- portal in a way, but there's there's black, black, uh, high, um, hmm, humanoid entities coming out of this kind of like glowing mist or this portal, right? And, uh, and it happened over two nights in a row, actually. So they actually went back and it happened again. And they both had this, it was hours long, this encounter of these things coming out of this, this, this portal, for lack of a better term. And uh, they actually repelled it with flashlights, right? So it kind of kept, they kept coming so. out and Apparently they kept sort so. of repelling yeah. them. But they were quite scared because the things actually like ran at them to... Uh, it looked like, you know, in a menacing way. Yeah, you listen to that uh, interview, Anna, please. I encourage everyone listen to that to please, if you, if you must, pause this recording, go to Vinal of America and go and download that episode in order to get a, a real good assessment of what we're talking about here. Did anyone get a picture of it? No, well, there was no picture. I think it was in the middle of the night. Even if they, uh, I'm, I'm sure that even if they had had cameras, they wouldn't have been able to record anything of use. Yeah, I. Uh, but taking about uh, talking I think about, they did have pictures of it. I think a couple. I'm of not them. sure about I'm, that. Okay, but, so so anyways, go what's, ahead. What's clear is that these guys were. Really, I almost want to say traumatized by this event. You know, they really were fearful for the li- their lives when this wa- uh, was uh, unfolding. And this was something that Adam Davis didn't want to disclose publicly. Yeah. yeah. But he was forced to because this guy, you know, the habituationist. Habit- you know, he you know, kind of like uh, spilled the beans online, so he had no choice but co- to come clean and to confirm what had actually happened. <coughs> and so it's, for me, it's interesting because I have listened to quite a few interviews with Adam Davis on Vinal of America, 
you know, from uh, 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 mentioning and, and, and explaining his trips to to in search of the Orang Pendek. So it's it's a, a, an interesting uh, evolution in his way of thinking from being a very uh, down to earth, flesh and blood kind of researcher to having to to admit that he he himself experienced something that seems to completely go outside of of of, of the normal laws of physics. You know, this is something that clearly cannot be explained by by our current understanding of science. And and Tim does a great job in in the in the uh, podcast, like chatting with these guys and and really just digging up all the information you could possibly, all the good questions that that need to yeah. be asked. Right. The fascinating yeah. thing for me is that these guys seem very trusted, or at least Adam Davies did to Tim Benal. And you know, so what? It, it's this societal kind of thing that, for me, like if people believe these guys because they've been trusted, right? Like, where mm-hmm. do you go with that, right? Is is now, do you, like, for you, Red Pill, like, do you, you know, you're fairly skeptical, but you're open-minded, so do you believe that, that this happened, and why? So all these stories, thousands of stories of people seeing stuff, seeing people seeing creatures from UFOs, from portals, from all this stuff, like, now doesn't this give a certain number of people a reason to believe those others more because of the trust factor? Well, you know me. I mean, uh, I believe that something happened to them. You know, whether they are interpreting correctly, interpreting it correctly, it's it's very difficult to assess because we only have their their testimony. It th- this episode clearly reminded me of all the things that were mentioned in this book, the hunt for a skinwalker, the skinwalker. You know, all these things that allegedly happened in this infamous ranch that that is now the property of Robert Bigelow. And it really, it's one of the things that the moment that you encounter these accounts, they really force you to reassess your understanding or your pet theories about what uh, UFOs or even Bigfoot are all all about. You know, these are the the things that traditional ufologists and even cryptozoologists would love to to get rid of them, you know, and put shove them under the rock because it really um, opens and really messes up with uh, with uh, real uh, the kind of theories that we would like to have in order to assure, uh, reassure us that uh, in the end things are. Even the things that traditional science are not willing to 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 acknowledge are nevertheless intelligible enough for the human uh, mind to comprehend. But if you think about portals that can open up in the middle of the forest and 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 entities that climb out of them and that you can kind of like neutralize them with flashlights, then, you know, you get with that and then it really messes with you because then you realize that all bets are off. 
Well, the other thing that I thought about was how much perception plays into that, right? Like those guys yes. were sure they were a hundred percent sure that these things meant them harm only because mm-hmm. of the grimace on their alien looking face mm-hmm. and, and they were running towards them. Right. But mm-hmm. the Bigfoot dude was off like he didn't fucking care. He was like, those guys are part of the Sasquatch crew or they're, they're affiliated so much with Sasquatch. And his perception was the Sasquatch are okay with these beings, so I'm okay with these beings. And he wasn't threatened by them. So, you know, why why the perception? Like, why, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, how can some people yeah. be not afraid and some people be afraid? Also... It's interesting to, to, to analyze the, the outcome of this event, how Adam Davis' companion, whose name, uh, again, uh, it escapes me, ended up, yeah, ended up uh, interpreting the experience uh, in a in, uh, religious background. Mm-hmm. And the experience uh, only reinforced his long lost sense of uh, of uh, of spirituality and he re-embraced his christianity whether adam davis has man- tried to to maintain an agnostic stance you know he's not saying oh well these these beings were clearly demons that were trying to 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 harm us you know he, he, i think that he's trying the best he can to say, well, you know, something happened, something I cannot comprehend, but I'm not willing to try to 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 give up and and interpret this weird experience and color it based on a given uh, religious or cultural tradition. You know, someone I'm sure that's maybe someone from a different cultural background. You know, not not Christian maybe they would have interpreted completely different. I'm wondering what a, a Native American would have said about what happened there. Yeah. That's, I don't know. That's, <laughs> that's, kind of, that's kind of what I'm getting at. Like, what if, they, what if they weren't scared and didn't take them as hostile? Like, how would that have changed the encounter, right? Yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe a Native American would say, well, you were, these, you guys, you know, Adam Davis and your party were clearly trespassing on some sacred ground so these entities were trying to get you out of there yeah Hmm. anyways i just wanted to i I wanted to talk about this because it, it opens up a whole different level of acknowledgement to these types of encounters because it seemed to me like especially tim and i mean if you trust tim which i think you do and tim sort of trusts Adam, it, it really, mm-hmm. it really does like just lend more credibility to, you know, a whole bunch of these encounters possibly. Yeah, definitely. And, and I'm really interesting to interested to see what happens to Adam Davis in the future, whether he will pursue this new understanding or whether he will see it as a one-off and trying to get back to the, you know, comfortable uh, research that he's accustomed to, you know, going to, to, to Indonesia in search of the rank pendek and looking for tracks and looking for the usual stuff and trying to find DNA and whatever, you know, instead of, I don't know, getting back to that place where they had this 
horrific encounter and trying to maybe, re, uh, I don't know, reopen that portal. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, so fascinating. People uh, don't hesitate to go there and listen to it. You too, Darren. I'm interested to see what you think. Oh, maybe over the holiday. Maybe. Yeah, so maybe. You'll have you... to send it to me again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what about trying to get Adam Davis on, on Great America? Well, I'll have to listen to it first, but yeah, oh. probably it sounds cool. Yeah, I mean, yeah, sure. fucking cool. zombies yeah. coming out of portals is always pretty fun. Yeah, but it's the whole, but it's the whole format of the podcast and the the level of balanced, uh, you know, conversation, right? That yeah. So, anyways, what what else we got, Darren? Can I do the UFO quote of the week here? Or? Do you have anything else? Um, I don't have anything else. So. Okay. It's kind of applicable. What's applicable? This quote. Is it about zombies coming out of portals? No, no, not quite. But this is uh, actually it was sent from Larry K. Um, Larry King? Yeah, Larry K. No, Larry <laughs> K. I was thinking the same thing. <laughs> he says, don't know if these are new, but he's passing them along. So this is the quote. Intelligent beings from other star systems have been and are visiting our planet Earth. They are variously referred to as visitors, others, star people, ETs, etc. They are visiting Earth now. This is not a matter of conjecture or wistful thinking. And this is from Theodore C. Loder III, PhD Professor Emeritus of Earth Sciences at the University of New Hampshire. Well, he might have a PhD, but I'm really skeptical of his certainty about oh, the, the provenance of these intelligence. I can't wait till you meet an alien one day, Red. What are you going to ask him? <laughs> I don't know. I think that Bruce, Bruce Duensing had the best question for when, you know, that hypothetical meeting with an alien. His question will be, what am I? Huh. No? And I think that's... Slave that's, will be the answer. No. Well, who knows? I mean... What if he says but, ugly all day? <laughs> I mean, the point of that question is to try to say how the other is the only mirror that you could have in order to to uh, look at yourself from a different perspective. You know what I mean? Yep. Definitely. I mean that maybe that's maybe that's the reason why we are so obsessed to finding other intelligences in the universe because we need that that validation. That, yeah, that if you want to call it that, yeah, validation. Yeah. Don't even think about it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are you still making T-shirts and stuff, Red, or what's going on with that? Oh, that's that's being uh, kibosh, kind of okay. You know, there's, I have like a 30 or 40 t-shirts that I could <laughs> easily mail. For sale? Oh, uh, yeah. Perfect. There you go. How do they get a hold of you? Oh, try to find me on Facebook or... or, or, or well, s send me some links. They don't know your name. Out. They're going to have a hell of a time finding on Facebook. We've never actually revealed your name. They can find me on Facebook and on if they uh, search for Red Pill Junkie. Uh, hey, uh, we then do they might find that other Red Pill Junkie. 
No, I'm not. I'm not even sure he has a Facebook. Big nemesis. We 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 do have a question here though. From before we let this thing end. A question? Yeah. For who? A question for for me? From James Nation, and he says, uh, "Do you believe they are visiting Unread?" That's the the question. When do you believe what they are visiting? Who's they? <sighs> the aliens? Yeah. Let's say. Well, uh, no. Let's just specify. I think he means means extraterrestrials, not like interdimensional or not inner Earth. I think that the problem with that question is that it's already limiting the 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 answers that it's that 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 it's it's hoping to elicit. Like, okay, if you're thinking of this other intelligence as quote unquote visitors, then you are positing that these entities are coming uh, from another point in the universe, another dimension or whatever. But what if they are actually from here, from another aspect of our reality that we humans are maybe so dumb or so obtuse or so close-minded that we rarely uh, perceive it? Then from if, if we acknowledge that maybe that not, that's not the case, then these quote-unquote visitors are, you know, uh, local residents. Huh. From the inner earth, maybe. Well, if they are from the inner earth and they are more advanced than us, then it goes to reason that they have been on this planet longer than we have. So... In that sense, we are the newcomers and they are, you know, the, the, the actual owners of this planet. Okay, well, let's just stick maybe with, they let's just keep just... fucking us up every time we start getting ahead. Yeah. Just well, stamp us down. Then they, yeah. they see us as vermin or maybe, you know, some kind of, I don't know, Plague. like, uh, yeah, some kind of past that they have to get rid of. Well, what about, what about the strict extraterrestrial hypothesis then? So we're talking about not like inner earth or interdimensional, but from another planet like ours traveling here through wormholes or beyond the speed of light or speed of light or however they get here. It's still a possibility, but we still don't have any kind of, uh, substantial evidence to support any single kind of provenance to the to the UFO phenomenon. We only know that people from time to time see weird things in the sky and they have weird encounters with what seems to be a non-human inter- intelligence. So put put it put your you know um proof need of proof aside and just go with your gut. Like what would you say your like gut feeling is if somebody if you were to put money on it, you were going to find the truth out in a bit. Would you say they are or not? They are or not what? Visiting. Yeah, I think that there is a non-human intelligence that is interacting with us. Whether that, is, that non-human intelligence is local and is visiting us from another star system, another universe, another level of reality, another, you know... Uh, uh, virtual simulation I can't say for sure alrighty there we have it 
<laughs> Sorry for being a killjoy. Because but no, no, I'm just. What can I'm I say? Really I'm a Greg I'm Bishop's just, fan. Yeah, that's that's yeah. the kind of thing that Greg Bishop and his writing force me to acknowledge that we don't know shit when it comes to the cold provenance of the of Ovenana. I, I know we don't know shit. I was I was looking for a feeling, but that's all good. <laughs> My feeling is that the less certainty we have with regards to, to this phenomenon, the, maybe the more chance we have to actually get him some concrete answers. Right. Hmm. All right, Darren, what do we want to do now? Let's say uh, that certain is uncertainty. Yeah. <laughs> do you have anything? <laughs> no, I'm, I think we should save it, whatever I've got for the next episode. Well, what do we got then? Buy, donate to the show. Yeah. Go America.ca slash support. Sign up for a monthly. Listen, you can start in, you know, you can start light. Start at the buck a month level. Maybe you like the show a little more. You go up to two bucks. Or you can just help out with a one-time donation. Yeah, or you can just spam gram. Or you can review the show with hopefully more than one star. And we will have an episode coming out soon where James Nation joined us because he donated to the... He he joined the 432 Club. Yeah. And he, uh, awesome. he got to pick a guest who was Stanton Friedman. That was a great chat. So, and you can do that too. And tell your friends about the show Sign by signing them up for the newsletter or strangers or whoever. Thanks for coming on, Red. Enjoy oh, the my chat. Pleasure, with, you know, uh, what do you think about Angels, Red? <laughs> it's, a good, it's a good question. I think it's one. Yeah. Maybe manifestations from the divinity that are more able to interact with us. There you have have it. it. You heard it here first. Marie. Marie Marianne Fojoala is coming up next and she's going to tell us all about it. Bible, like 500 pages on angels and it's pretty interesting stuff. It's like eight, eight and a half by 11 or something from, from, too. It's just yeah. fucking huge. Yeah. From cultures all over the world. So it's very interesting. Reminds me of a textbook. Yeah. Are you That's eating weird. fucking almonds right now? <laughs> all right, guys. Enjoy the chat with Mary Ange and we will see you in the outro. Bye. So tonight we have Marie-Ange Fajorala with us, and she's an an award-winning French author. She's written like 13 books. Uh, She's got a degree in art and archaeology. Very interesting person here. We have uh, 
her latest book here in the studio. It's a massive tomb. It's Angels, the, the, the definitive collection to angels from around the world. So she's done a whole lot of homework here on this one. Really interesting in, uh, in talking to her about this because I know, you know, we hear about people that have experiences with angels and we talk about personal experiences all the time on the show. And, uh, yeah, I'm interested to hear about her background and, and uh, some, some people's uh, encounters and experiences with guardian angels and fallen angels and the like. So uh, welcome to the show, Marie. Yeah, hello. I'm very uh, happy to be with you tonight. Yeah, thanks for coming on. It's uh it's a fascinating book, very very in-depth, like 500 pages pages about angels. Oh, thank you. <laughs> it's a uh, it's a work that's uh, surprising because I wrote it in 4 months. Wow. And uh yes, because I was really connected to the angels when I wrote it. And I was writing in my uh, house in France. And my uh, children were all around. There were a lot of people, most of the time, 12 people in the house. And my uh, office was uh, on the ground floor, so everybody was coming in and out. And the atmosphere was really a holiday atmosphere. It was wonderful. And I was so connected that I could write 12 hours a day, like nonstop. And at night we had barbecues and a little glass of wine. And I would go to bed at two in the morning, get up at eight and be at work at nine and working like crazy. And it, it went on so well in such a great atmosphere that I never thought it was hard to write it. It was so connected, uh, all the rituals and meditations. I channeled them and I was in connection with the angels, the information I needed Came out, came, came out of nowhere, like uh, a tap on my shoulder was telling me, go on the internet for this. This one, you'll find it in your library. And once uh, my daughter, who was um, uh, a singer, she told me one day, um, oh, mom, you know, um, I'm going to visit a friend in Reims. It's one hour from Paris. There's a beautiful cathedral there. I'm going there for, for the weekend. I said, oh, uh, it's incredible because I'm looking for a book that is in the bookstore. <laughs> At the cathedral, and the, the the after the weekend, she brought me the book. That was absolutely amazing. It was all the time like this, like snapping fingers, and I got the information. It wow. was awesome. Yeah, we were gonna. Awesome. I was gonna ask you if you feel like you channeled the book because we've talked to some artists uh, recently and musicians about creativity and where creativity comes from, and and being in that flow state or that meditative state and being able to connect with whatever your higher self angels are chan channeling. So you really feel like you're in that zone. Oh yes, absolutely. And especially for the, the rituals, meditations, prayers, uh, whatever ritual it was, massage, uh, whatever you can perform with the angels. I was completely channeling. Like it, it, it was like you said, it's a flow. It comes from, uh, an upper dimension and it flows in your mind. You don't even need to think. It's just awesome. You're in front of the computer and you, you think of an idea. Uh, I, for instance, I was thinking I would like to write a meditation um, about how to meet the soulmate. And then all the information popped in my mind right away. And sometimes I could barely type. It was difficult because I'm not a great typer. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> sometimes my thoughts were going faster than my, my fingers on, on the keyboard. Wow. But it was a great experience. It was a wonderful time. So what was it like when you decided to write it? Like, was there, was there a point in time when, like, it sounds like this was meant to be. So was there, was there a, something that tr triggered it? Or when did you decide to actually do this? Well, my uh, publisher in Canada, 
because uh, I had a wonderful experience in Canada and I love Canada. Uh, and uh, my publisher, my previous publisher was in Canada. And uh, I had written a book um, on 2012. Fortunately, it was to tell everybody that, no, the uh, apocalypse is not going to happen. <laughs> I'm glad I wrote it, <laughs> not the other way. <laughs> and um, uh, because I wrote this book, he said, uh, it's time for you to write a book on angels. And wow. I think... He felt the energy and I said, okay, that's a great idea. I've been thinking of it, but nobody really pushed me to do it. And he said, okay, you, it's your time. Do it now. And this is what happened. It was really unbelievable. Wow. So, so were you interested in angels when you were younger, like before the publisher suggested this? Oh, yes. Because uh, my first, let's say, encounter uh, happened when I was four years old. And I, at that time, of course, I didn't know that it was an angelic encounter. But later on, I figured out this is what I saw. I can describe you exactly what happened. I was riding my tricycle in my grandparents' house in France. And I was uh, quite frantic, pedaling pretty fast. And all of a sudden, a bright light, very, very bright, appeared out of the blue right in front of me. So I stopped. And this light really, really... Um, infused me with a beautiful energy and this light really came into me like in through my body and it then it disappeared because it came through me and i felt a state of love like doesn't exist here on this planet a state of immense love and i felt this this is so beautiful and from that moment love was uh Definitely uh, in, in, my, in, in my, my mind, my heart, my soul. I was uh, thinking about love all the time. And uh, it started from there. And later on, I had more experiences that uh, brought light to this one. And I understood that it was uh, an angelic encounter, that angels brought me some uh, energy. And at that time, I was having hard times because my family is very conservative. And I was very open-minded to everything, like mm -hmm. the supernatural, ever since I was very little. And then I started seeing ghosts and having connection with the, let's say, the other world, like behind the veil. And the angels really enhanced this ability that I had to connect with the other world. Wow. And from there, step by step, I built uh, my my great connection with the angels and it was the right time and many many things happened they saved me and uh, many times uh, a tire blew up my car and a lot of stuff happened and without the angels i would not be here today to talk to you wow. so i'm so <laughs> grateful to them that sounds amazing so what what were some of them or what was another while we're talking about your experiences what was another profound experience like if you could get into the details of one of those that Yes, um, there is one that is not, uh, it didn't happen to me, it happened to my son. Um, because I like to talk about this one because this one is really striking. My son was two and a half years old. We were in the, my house in France and it was summertime, windows were open and my son was on the ground floor taking a nap in, the, in, a, in his room. He was in a cot and he was supposed to sleep. The window therefore was open and I was uh, in the living room uh, reading, uh, writing, whatever. And uh, I heard the French windows overlooking the, the front yard were open and I heard steps on, the, on the, the gravel. And I was wondering who was that? I didn't expect anybody. And then nothing. 
And all of a sudden, I didn't see anybody. And all of a sudden, somebody rang at the door. I opened the door and I saw right in front of me a very tall man who was carrying my son. Meaning that my son probably climbed over the windowsill and disappeared in, in the, I don't know where he was, but this man brought my son back and the dangers were the road, there was a pond right after and railroad tracks at the end of the, of the road. Wow. So it was so dangerous. It was like an accumulation of dangers and, and his life was such in really, uh, you know, hanging by a thread. And what happened is that my son at that time, he couldn't speak. He didn't know obviously where uh, we were located at, uh, how to tell this person, this is my mother. She lives there and, uh, at this place. Uh, she's there in the house. He couldn't say this. And this person, nobody heard about him in the village. Nobody heard about him. So I finished the stories. Then he handed me my baby and I was flabbergasted, speechless, like, oh, really? And I couldn't utter a word, even though I tried to thank this man, but I couldn't. Something prevented me from, from talking. And the, this person left. I closed the door and I looked through the French windows and nobody was wow. there. Nobody. And no, no step on the gravel, meaning this person is leaving the house. Nobody was there. And then I uh, investigated in the village. I asked the people, did you see um, a tall, very tall, tall man? He was uh, uh, clad like this and that. And I described how he was dressed. And nobody, absolutely nobody had ever heard of this man, seen this man, or even thought this man could have uh, been in the village at certain time. So that's the, the most amazing story that uh, happened to my son that I can uh, tell you today because it's really striking. And uh, besides uh, the fact that my son at that time had no conscience of what happened, now he's uh, always, he's 23 now, so he's not a baby anymore. And he always says, uh, I, I'm alive thanks to an angel. Wow. So it's quite amazing. Has he had any other experiences since then? Oh, yes. But, uh, you know, at uh, 23, you don't feel like yeah, he's building his career yeah. as, a, as a filmmaker. He's studying. And so he's not much into it. But I can tell you that he has a big, big project that's related to angels. Of course, when you've been through uh, uh, this experience and with me around, obviously, of course, yes, he's mm. connected. And yes, and the whole family is, uh, is connected also. Yeah. Darren, did you have a question? So, so what's the difference between like the guardian angels, like the one, let's say that, that saved your son, um, compared to like the, the typical, like arch archangels, archangels, like Michael or Gabriel and, and those guys. Isn't an archangel a bad one? No, I think, no, no, <laughs> no arch archangels ones. are good, right? Yes. They're 1000% yeah, good. It's the fallen uh, angels, Darren. Yeah, exactly. Just because exactly. you think of an arch those enemy, the, like an arch enemy is not your the fallen yeah. angels are the Nephilim. Oh, they're, uh, what did you say? I'm sorry. They are what? Nephilim. Yes. The Nephilim. Yes, absolutely. Or Grigori as well. 
Um, but there are fallen angels and archangels. So there's, it's another story, but we can talk about them if you want, because it's, uh, it's part of the angelic story. If you talk about angels, you obviously know about uh, the fallen ones who were before angels and who fell and who became uh, demons. This is what they became, demons. And some of them, it is said that some of them had um, uh, bred with uh, women and um, had uh, they, these women gave birth to giants who were monsters. This is, the, this is the lore. So we have no evidence of this. It's a lore. But this is the story that's uh, recalled by many people about what could have happened. You know, it's a, it's a verbal um, legend. But um, it's, what is not a legend is that archangels, some of them fell, angels as well, and they became demons. And um, the Grigori are the ones who fell on earth and who bred with women, and the other ones became demons. And if you believe in angels, there is obviously the existence of demons that you cannot deny because this the, it's reality, unfortunately, but this is how it is. And the difference, uh, to go back to the question, um, the guardian angel is the one who is uh, with us the day we were born and the, until we cross over. He is for us, just he is um, uh, for one person. Okay. Uh, each, each person on earth has a guardian angel. So we can say we own him. He is uh, our property. And um, he's with us all the time. This is probably the angel who brought my son back. Like okay, he was yeah, really right. with him. Yeah. And there, there is also the angel of birth uh, that is, uh, according to our date of birth, he protects the people in between four days from uh, any time. Uh, in my book, there is the, all the dates and the, the corresponding guardian um, birth angel. These are the, the two that we have constantly with us. And then we can call on many, many angels and archangels. And I would like to explain the difference between angels and archangels. Angels is the generic term to describe all the realm of angels and archangels. And then when we talk about archangels, there are higher levels of angels in the celestial hierarchy. And they are, have different functions according to their level in the hierarchy. For instance, some of them have one function. Some of them have many functions. You have, for instance, angels who are archangels who protect families, angels who protect um, uh, money, finances, who help to find a, a job. You have angels who are uh, fighting evil. You have Michael, who is the specialist to fight evil and who is also helping the soul to leave the body when we pass on and brings our soul to the celestial realm. Many archangels have several functions, and this shows that they have higher responsibilities. But the common ground between angels who are in the lower levels of the hierarchy and archangels and high archangels like cherubim and seraphim, who are very close to God, all the angels no matter who they are, no matter their function, regardless of their uh, proximity to God, all of them are full of love and have one purpose, is to help us in our life and to help us evolve and to help us awaken our consciousness. This is their common ground. All of them work for, for this, uh, these purposes. Do you notice, like, uh, do people with different birth angels display different personality traits, like... 
you know, some people say Scorpios are all the same or stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like, and -hmm. you know, there's some truth to that too. Like you could notice people by their signs or sometimes I'll even notice it just by first names. Right. People with the first name kind of act the same or give me the same. I I always get along with Dave's. (laughs) I do. I've always had good friends with dinner named Dave. (laughs) <laughs> Except for recently, but in my past, I always noticed that. I always played hockey like really well with Dave's. That's cool. <laughs> <laughs> These are the Dave's I know. <laughs> so, so yeah, that's a good question, Darren. Do they have the same? Do they have similar? Um... Um, it's not exactly this way. The people who are protected by the same angel are uh, have a reason to be protected. For instance, some of them are protected against uh, accidents. It's because they are uh, really adventurous and they're, they jeopardize their life more than others. So in this sense, yes, this is why they have a birth angel who is uh, protecting them from accidents. Yes, in this sense, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. <coughs> Mine's Yabamiya. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> yeah, 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 but Mia? No. Or six to ten? Where did you get that from? <laughs> it says names of birth angels for people born on the following dates. So uh, what it? March 6th to 10th is Yabamia. Yabam, Abam. Oh, you t- uh, that I think you changed the the name because it sounds like abomination. So oh, it's Y A B A M I A H. Ah, Y. Okay, okay. Yes. So okay, sounds good. <laughs> How do you pronounce it? Why? Uh, can you repeat the why? Y A B. Yeah, yabo, yabo, yeah. Okay, so I heard abo. So oh, yabo, yabo, mm-hmm. mia. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's his thing? What's his deal? Oh, his deal is, uh, I don't know all of them, of course. Uh, it's uh, 72 that I should remember by heart, so I don't know all of them. Ooh, but that's how many uh, years yes. are in... Uh... Uh, 72, because you have four days per uh, four days per year. So it's a lot of, uh, of angels at the same time. So I don't know all the functions by heart. So you need to check in my book then <laughs> to find this one. What's, what's mine, Darren? What's your birthday again? July, July 11th. You are, oh, it's another hard one. It's Yeyeel. Oh, Yeyeel. Yeyeel. It's a hard one. You have hard ones. I know, I got both hard ones. (laughs) Mine is Seheya. It's easier to pronounce. Um, I wonder if there's uh, any correlation between the fact that there's 72 angels and there's 72 years in one processional year. Uh, it's absolutely because uh, these 72 angels are related to the Kabbalah and the Kabbalah base, uh, based his its, uh, its studies on all the, the cycles of life and uh, definitely uh, can be correlated. Mm-hmm. Wow. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So what, what, what about um, <clears throat> the, talking about the difference in angels and stuff? What about deceased loved ones helping you out or intervening in your life? Like there was a point that something happened to me where I thought it could have been my father. Like uh, it, I had some divine intervention and it was. Were you in your car? Uh, n- no, oh. not, not, well, maybe the later, earlier that night, but not. It seems to me like most of the time you need a guardian angel <laughs> is when you're driving. <laughs> no. <laughs> So are uh, they are they considered like do they get like how do they fit into the whole scheme of things? 
Oh, it's a very interesting question. Yes, they absolutely uh, do a lot for uh, those who pass or pass on, and those who stay uh, on Earth or and see uh, go through this uh, horrible bereavement uh, um, and, and and have to uh, grieve uh, these people because it's terrible. So, what the angels do? Um, first of all, Michael, the very famous archangel. He helps the soul, like I said uh, previously, he helps the soul to reach the celestial realm. That's mm -hmm. the first step. Mm -hmm. Then you have several angels, archangels, who uh, surround the, the departed and accompany him towards the, this realm. And in this realm, the deceased are surrounded by angels. And the souls, because it's a matter of uh, now, it's not uh, these these essence, uh, human essences are not matter anymore. Right. They are energy, yeah. they are light. And this is exactly who they are in, in, in heaven. Uh, I, I call it heaven. You can call it, uh, you know, the way you want, depending on your, your belief, your religion, your tradition. Vocabulary is not important. What is important is what you can picture a realm where you see souls protected by angels and really dwelling in light. It's an abode of light and love. And the people who go through near-death experiences witness that they go through this tunnel of light. They mm -hmm. see the departed ones who uh, gr greet them, and they also see angels. And this is, this is true. I have had a lot of uh, experiences in meditation and saw, I saw souls and angels protecting them in meditation. And it's absolutely something that makes sense with the scripture, with all the texts and what you can read here and there in different religions. This yeah, is, uh, yeah. by the way, why this book is about angels around the world, because regardless of traditions, regardless of beliefs, it's all the same. They're all united in the same that's the same idea, the same concept, and the same reality that there is this celestial realm where the souls go and really go through this beautiful heaven of, of love and light. And the second thing, for those who have lost somebody that they, they really love, I lost my father and um, it was terrible. And I was 27 uh, years ago. I felt like everything at that time, I was not in really that high in, in my research. And I was feeling, how can I connect to him? I don't want to, to try the automatic writing because you never know what's going to interfere and come bother you and, and send you wrong information yeah. that will mm. not come. You know, it's quite dangerous. I don't advise anybody to try this. Um, but there is something that... That's wonderful that you can do. It's connecting with an angel you feel comfortable with, you trust, you are attracted to. Uh, it could be an archangel, an angel, it doesn't matter. Some of these celestial beings who you feel very attracted to and, and really comfortable with and peaceful with, you call on him and ask this angel or archangel to protect your departed one. Mm. And I did this for my father, and I guarantee that ever since my father talks to me, and I receive thoughts that pop in my mind, like out of nowhere, and I know that's him talking to me. And this is, it started from the day 
I ask an archangel to protect him and to and to help him connect with me. And it started happening. And I even one day, I even smelt his uh, his perfume on his skin, which is a special sense that you cannot smell when you open a perfume bottle. Mm-hmm. It's just something that's very special, the, the mixture of, of the scent of the skin and the perfume. Mm-hmm. I, I smelt it. And I really guarantee that this a procedure perfectly works. And it's very sound. It's very safe. There is no negative interference. And I would suggest that if this happens to anybody in our audience, they could do this. It's very helpful. And you can stay in contact with your your loved one. He's by your side. And the angel helps to create the, the helps the, the, the connection between uh, the, the, the loved one and yourself. It's so what is the difference between a regular angel and an archangel then? Uh, so it's a, a question of, of power and of having more functions. For instance, an a guardian angel is, is guarding one person. Uh, an archangel can guard the whole planet. So it's different. It's, uh, it's different levels of responsibilities. For instance, if you work in a group, you would rather ask an archangel to work with you than an angel because an angel has less power. It's a matter of energy. They do the same thing. Some of them have more energy because they are uh, allotted one person. And some of them have a lot of energy because they're allotted several groups or nations or um, or or countries, whatever, whatever it could, it depends on the quantity of people and of the level of responsibility. Mm. But so, they're, like I said, they're, they do the same thing. So those angels could have been helping my dad help me sort of thing. Like, of course, yeah. of course. Huh. Yes. Yeah. That's interesting. My sister mm-hmm. had a, my sister had an experience, uh, a couple of lucid dreams with, with him showing her some stuff. Very interesting as well. Well, there was an angel connecting them. Um, no, my my dad uh, came to my sister in a couple really vivid, lucid dreams, mm-hmm. and uh, like basically took her for a little spin around the universe, I think, or something like that. It was pretty, pretty, pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so, how how do you recommend uh, connecting? Like you mentioned, meditation a couple times. What is uh, what is your favorite meditation, and and what do you suggest for people that? Uh, want to try and connect with their angels and then i have another question after that about telling the difference between like you know you mentioned automatic writing and Mm -hmm. and you mentioned also that you're sort of channeling your book as well so telling the difference of course between the two would seem important to me and and you know because we've we have heard that that you got to be careful who you trust when you're channeling things so right right um so to the first question was about uh i don't remember the the meditation uh, uh the meditation yes um Meditation is is a very interesting way to connect with angels because you uh, put yourself besides the world. You put yourself aside uh, every, the, the 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 world, the, the the challenging your challenging life, the the noises from the street, the noises from the TV, radio, whatever. You create a very peaceful atmosphere. This is the first thing that makes you relax and unwind in a very positive way. Then you can do the meditation that you like. Either it's something that you feel, you know, in a good mood and you want to create a connection just for the connection, receive love and light. It's perfect. Or you have a specific purpose. In this case, it's good to 
ask a, uh, an angel uh, related to the purpose. This is why uh, these the angels sent me uh, channeled these uh, meditations with specific uh, requests. For instance, um, uh, finding a job, uh, uh, connecting to the planet uh, and, and work for the human consciousness. You work for yourself to find your soulmate, to uh, have a better relationship with your family. So many, many fields in which you can work with a specific request. And this is why the, the meditation will enhance the energy. In other words, meditation has two purposes. First of all, make you feel peaceful and ready to connect. Mm -hmm. The second reason is that also you will target a specific angel or archangel who will be able to help you out on this specific purpose. The more specific you are, the more you get results and faster results. And also because you celebrate your your connection with the, the angels. Uh, meditation can also include uh, the creation uh, or the setup of an altar that you have in your house. You, you put a little white cloth somewhere on the table and bring a candle, uh, bring salt and, and water in order to uh, re repulse uh, negativity. Mm -hmm. you, you bring little objects, what you like, flowers, uh, pictures, Crystals. whatever. Crystals, uh, incense, uh, essential oils, whatever makes you feel happy. Because the purpose of uh, connection with angels, it's always to be happy. It's always to make you feel happy to do it. And I would say some, some people are very serious doing this connection with angels. It's very good. But I would like to add that angels love to laugh. Angels love to see us happy and they enjoy our altars. Like, you know, when you invite your family and friends for Thanksgiving, you celebrate happiness and, and a beautiful moment together. A meditation has this purpose as well, to enchant the, the angels who love seeing us, uh, happy to create this altar, happy to see us finding what we have uh, in mind to, to make this altar beautiful. And, and I did this with my children several times, and it's a celebration, and everybody's excited and thrilled to, uh, to, to, to do this. And it's, it has to be in this uh, state of mind. Otherwise, if you're very sad, of course, if you need help and, and, um, and um, support, you can do it as well. But knowing that when you do this, your depression, your, um, when you're really, really down, your negativity is going to go away while you're preparing everything. And while you're connecting, it's going to cleanse your negativity. This is why I really recommend to perform meditations and receive this love, this beautiful love and, and energy that is going to come into your heart and you will feel it. You will feel tingling in your hands. It's something tangible. It's not something that's in your imagination. Your body can be really stuck to the floor. Like you can, you're pinned to the floor or to the mattress where you meditate and you cannot move. Sometimes it happens when you are on deep, deep meditation and it's really impressive. I don't know if you experience this, both of you, but, uh, yeah, I, well, I have a little bit, mm -hmm. <clears throat> a lot and of times, uh, Mm -hmm. I get to shiver when I'm when I'm exercising or listening to music or like in nature or like watching a sunset or something. I get that like that really 
intense body intense. shiver kind of yeah. right and it's very very uh, very strong and and it opens all the the, the chakras the yeah. seven chakras you you really release all the negativity and and open the chakras and let go of the tensions and let go of the worries and let go of the ordeals and this is your moment for you and your angel and that was that's why it's great it's a it, it really, it really sounds to me like the law of attraction, and it, it almost parallels like you know people talking about, you know, um, the affirmations and affirming that what you what you want in your life and in the future instead of you know even asking for it, you're like I you know, I will find a, a soulmate or whatever it is, and then and then the universe will, you know change everything to make it happen like if you desired enough right so how do you know like do people is it the same thing and it's just the way like some people call it angels and some people call it you know the collective consciousness or the universe or you know quantum physics or whatever do you think there's a separation there no i think it's exactly the same thing um behind a lot of great things that happen to people are angels at work and we don't always know that they are at work. And when we uh, have uh, these positive thoughts and specifying, I want to meet my soulmate, for instance, I want to find job, a new job, I want to change my life, yeah, uh, improve yeah. it and do this and that, all this goes to the angels. So people who don't really believe in angels and who say, oh, it's the universe because I don't want to say it's an angel because yeah. it's too dogmatic Christian, or yeah, dogmatic yeah. Yeah. or, you know, and I think it's exactly the same because who does the work? These creatures, <laughs> these entities of love who will bring us what we need. So whether you, you, your Reiki practitioner, a yoga instructor, uh, you practice Feng Shui, you enjoy um, different techniques, um, sophrology, I don't know, you know, there's so many techniques and so many ways to connect. But to me, there is a universal creature in the end that will listen to your request and your prayer and going to convey it to who is going to make it happen. So to me, it's universal. And if you believe that there is a God, there is a divine who is working for us to, to develop and to enhance our, our power and our potential and work with more than 10% of our right brain, if we believe this, which is real, because we need to expand our uh, potential with the, the brain, if we do this, we definitely are all the same. We are all the same humans and we have all the same purpose is to be happier and more successful and, um, and help others and become a better person. This is the inner consciousness. And when we reach it, it's universal. We, we tap into the universal energy of goodness and of consciousness. So mm. there is, we cannot talk about angels and God without talking about universality and unity and no division, of course. Of course. Well, and, and you found that in your research, right? Didn't you? From all the different uh, traditions around the globe, there's that commonality, isn't there? Yes, there's a common ground. If you if you talk about uh, uh, Buddhist angels, who are, which are not called angels, but you have the story of the Buddha's mother 
who was uh, dreaming of uh, guardians of the East and she became pregnant and she knew that these guardians of the East were protecting her. What are these guardians of the East? It's exactly as uh, really uh, Christian or, or, or Jewish angels or even Muslim angels, because in Islam, you have Gabriel, you have uh, different, different, you have Raphael, um, who are angels in the Quran. So in every religion, you find these creatures. In Zoroastrianism, you, you have uh, uh, the, same, the same type of, of uh, celestial creatures, six of them who have functions identical to those of the angels. You find them in... Um, the thunder, thunderbird of uh, Native Americans, who is uh, sent by the the Great Spirit and is a messenger and protector. So you know whatever you you call them, regardless of your your background, this it's the same. Uh, you have these these entities, celestial beings, protecting you, guiding you, helping you out, and showing you the way and helping you. Uh, achieve your destiny because I believe everybody has a destiny on this planet. Hmm. Interesting. So what is, go ahead. I, I'm sorry, I didn't answer your question about uh, automatic writing. Yeah, it's no, that's the, okay. I was going to get back around to that. Okay, so uh, there's a big difference between channeling and automatic writing. That is, um, uh, it's the is the intention, is the purpose. When you want to connect to a departed one, you have the intention of creating this connection. When you channel, most of the time, you don't expect anything. It comes because it comes. And it's always positive. I absolutely insist on this. When you channel something with the right side, I should say, the, the positive energy, angels, God, this is always something that is positive and makes you happy, makes you peaceful, makes you reassured, comforted, comforted. It's always something that is absolutely 100% positive. If you feel insecure, if you feel unsafe, if you feel anxious, if you feel a little bit uncomfortable, uh, this is a different type of energy. And when you practice uh, automatic writing, you risk to be connected to, uh, let's say, uh, wandering spirits. Yeah, trickster spirits or something, right? Trickster like, spirits. Mm-hmm. And, and or like jinn. Demons. And, yeah, or demons. Yeah. And, and then, so isn't there a risk that they, they come across positive in order to to uh, make you complacent and then they turn negative? Like, can you, can you see that, uh, that shift that that was ever to happen? It never happened to me because... I was in the very, it was a positive Bible when I did it, Yeah. but I tried like everybody. I tried uh, when I was <laughs> much younger, I tried automatic writing and I didn't come up with anything interesting. It was like words one after the other. And I, I didn't feel anything, but I just had the intuition that I was not surrounded by positive energies because it's, it's a craving. A craving is not good. It's mm. something, uh, craving is, is um, I don't know how to develop this, but it's, it's, uh, it's a kind of instinct, like a craving. Uh, when you channel, you're doing something and you receive information. It's different. A craving is, 
it's sort of demand. It's not even a request, it's a demand. I want this. And in this way, it's different from something that comes from the heart. If you really want to connect to a departed one, really do something smooth, do something positive, something that calms you down and something that makes you comfortable, not in a, in a frantic stress. This is why meditation and uh, this connection to angels, as I said before, is very convenient and, and very safe. I insist on this point. It's very safe. Yeah, and, and that's where mindfulness comes into play if to, 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 to be acknowledging those cravings, like to be able to, to watch them and see them. You know, if you don't have that, that mindfulness, you can't tell the difference between craving and just thoughts or, you know what I mean? Like I, I used to yes. get caught up with, with cravings all the time, but at least I can sort of catch them now. Yes, because you understood what it was about. And when, once you, you really, uh, <laughs> once you understand, you're, you really can handle it. It's uh, easier to, to handle it. Mm-hmm. Did you run into like any, any instances of the gin and in, in angels in any of your research? Like, do they ever get mixed up in altercations? No, I didn't. But in my personal life, I had to face uh, negativity and very strong energies. Yes, I did. Because when you, you, you connect to, to this realm and you, you spread a message, there is obviously entities that try to stop you. Because uh, the purpose of uh, the dark side is to stop the, to stop the good. So, yes, I have been confronted to several I have several stories and personal difficulties with that kind of stuff. Wow. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> the dark side. The dark side. Yeah. Well, well, I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about that because there's a battle going on. Then let's say angels versus demons and angels are protecting us and demons are trying to harm us. And, and uh, if you look at the state of the world right now, I mean, of course it depends on your perception. I mean, I can, you know, if you, if you don't watch the news and you don't pay attention to that, I mean, you could have a pretty, you know, positive perce- perception of the world. But if you're, you know, if you do look at all that negative stuff, uh, you know, who, like who's winning the battle right now? I mean, look at what's happening around the globe. There's a lot of, it seems like there's a lot of polarity. There's a lot of positive things, but there's also a lot of real negative things. Yes. And we see that the duality is developing more and more because there's a lot of, positive. It's been like 20, 25 years during which consciousness has really greatly involved, uh, evolved, not involved, sorry, evolved. And I noticed this uh, 20 years ago, people were not so interested in, um, you know, their awareness, meditation, all these techniques we talked about before. Nobody was really into it. Now, a lot of people have uh, awakened their consciousness and and really uh, want to to evolve and, and, and improve their, their, their possibilities, their inner strength and, and make, make themselves a, a better person and uh, make the world a better place. A lot of people have this in mind. And this is very interesting because ever since this happened, the other side has been attacking in a, a very vicious and sneaky and devious way 
And it's because there is a great, great improvement in, in, in the, the, uh, the consciousness and, and the growth of consciousness and, and more and more people are aware of, of the divine, of the, 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 the goodwill that they can turn, the, the will they can turn into goodwill from free will to goodwill. A lot of people are in this, in this idea, scenario and, and, and scheme. And whereas people work on this, others work with the other side, trying to undermine all these efforts, all these improvements and trying to destroy. This is what evil was for. This is because um, the story of the, the, the genesis of evil is uh, Satan and the fallen angel. This is obviously very symbolic, but it's interesting because what created evil is Envy and jealousy hmm. and pride and greed too, and, no. and greed. But the, regarding Satan, it was not really greed. Greed came with the rest. Okay. I think greed is the uh, aftermath of, of the rest. Okay. But but the thing is, to me, what creates this horrifying uh, violence and, and, and these conflicts in the world, it's jealousy and envy. Uh, this is the the worst. This is what people complain about. Oh, my neighbor is envious. My my uh, coworker is jealous because I had a promotion or whatever. And I think jealousy is the is the the root of evil. If we could eradicate jealousy and wish good for everybody and respect their own path and their own accomplishment and and self realization, the world would be so different. So even at the higher levels, like, because when I think about what's going on in the world right now, I can't help that there's some sort of thing, wonder if there's some sort of demonic intervention at the higher levels of whatever, government, military, industrial complex, like the people that are pulling the strings and actually like, um, you know, like creating the situation that we're in right now. Um, so, mm -hmm. but, but, it, but jealousy and, and envy doesn't seem to fit in with that. It's like greed and power at that level or something like Yes, but uh, it's it's the the consequence of uh, of jealousy. This jealousy, he has the power. It, it, power. What is it? Uh, the, the the thirst for power is I want to have what this person has, or I want to have more than what he has. This guess, is yeah, this so. is related to envy. <laughs> it's uh, it's it's the consequence of uh, of this. Uh, envy that it's a very very vicious uh, uh it's very vicious feeling to envy people because it brings brings a lot of negative uh, thoughts and and behaviors and deeds and and incites you to behave in a, a terrible way and i think um what happens and and you're very right uh, about the um, the war i think there is a a spiritual war that takes place beyond our uh, comprehension beyond, beyond our realm right and and there is evil that's uh, maneuvering a lot of uh, of uh, governance and um, a lot of um, politicians and and people who have power to make decisions at a really high level and i absolutely believe many of them are are the puppets of evil it's uh, it seems hard to say but it's true maybe not even consciously but Yes. Oh, sometimes it's absolutely unconsciously. They have no idea right. of what's happening and what's going on. And don't, they don't even have an idea that there could be a spiritual war and uh, that evil is trying to use them for a certain purpose. No, they have no, no idea.
most of the time. Some some may have ideas and some might be on that side and feel like it's more rewarding that, uh, than fighting uh, on the side of, of the good. But hmm. that's unfortunately <laughs> what some choose to do. So is that the fallen angels that are influencing that a little bit? Are the, are the dark angels? How do yes, I become an angel? I was going to ask that. Well, yeah, not for you specifically, I mean, I would, but I was going to yeah. ask, like, if, you, if you're deceased, if you die, are, are you, like, one step closer to... Are you automatically an angel? Is it like if you're good, you're an angel, and if you're bad, you're a demon? Oh, no. No, no, you never... <laughs> I like this shortcut. <laughs> no, if you, if you die, you're, you're not, you don't become an angel. Uh, just, uh, it happened twice in the scripture, in the Bible, uh, with Eli, who became uh, angel uh, uh, Sandalphon, and Enoch, who became uh, Metatron. Oh, two- Enoch became Metatron. Yes, yes. And uh, oh. this is interesting, because they didn't even die, uh, the, 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 the Bible says, the, it's the book of Enoch that says it, that the soul was taken to heaven before the person died, that before Enoch died or before Eli, who was the prophet, died. So uh, he became Sandalphon and Enoch became a Metatron. And wow. Metatron is very powerful like Kingsel and does a lot of work right now to, for the world. And uh, if um, I would consider that no, none of us is going to become an angel, but we are souls that are really welcome to this world of angels and they welcome us and we stay with us in the light. Some people believe in a reincarnation. Um, no problem. It works. Like uh, you, you, you go to this world and then you come back to earth for a certain purpose, learn more, and then you go back to this world. There is no problem with it. It, it matches everything. You think and, it's just this world? Sorry? You think it's just this world, or can I like go someplace else next time? Um, I personally question it. Still, <laughs> I I still question it because I sometimes feel, oh, I have seen this before. Uh, it's probably because I met this person in a previous life, and after I question it, so it's not really clear in my mind. I don't really know, but. Um, Do you mean about reincarnation itself? I think Darren was trying to ask if you can go to a different planet, like a different Earth. Uh, Okay. Right, Darren, or what? Yeah, both are good. Both are good. (laughs) Yeah, both work. You you know, I think we need to have a very open mind right now. Everything's possible. In meditation, I've seen many, I've seen different planets and and people on different planets. Everything's possible. Everything's possible. I think we need really, it's time for the whole world to have an open mind, everything's possible. Yeah, and I was going to ask about reincarnation because it does seem like reincarnation is one of the ones that seems like it's getting harder and harder to ignore. Like it seems like, you know, if, the, if there was honestly a, a, a real investigation into it, like some of the stuff you hear, it seems like that one's like almost, you know, it could be fucking yes, peer reviewed. Yes. Yeah. yeah, a friend of mine has written a book in France and she is... Uh, investigating every time she she tells a story she investigates what she sees for first of all she she concentrates on on somebody and uh, she finds the person who says oh i feel i'm the recognition of uh, this uh, author this musician mm-hmm. who lived in the 19th century for instance mm-hmm. she then she 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 takes notes and writes down everything this person tells her about what she feels like she's seen or she is she went to the person she contacted and everything she knows every all this information 
And then she, she starts really, it's an investigation. And she discovered that some people have the impression or have been in their previous life to a certain place they tell about without knowing the name of the place. And when she goes to the place, she finds the correlation with what these people said. So it's, it's very interesting. It's very interesting. It, it really yeah, shows. Yeah, I think that, there's a lot in yeah. kids too, right? Where kids seem to like up to yes. a certain age, it can sort of recall. And I've right. heard of like ones that were actually verified that they like figured out who this kid was. Yeah. Absolutely. Before they I get think, programmed uh, by our culture. We, we might also, uh, once we pass on, we might also have another life on another planet or even in another universe. I think it's time for us to be open-minded to everything. Just uh, the only thing to me that is uh, really there all the time is this duality between good and evil. It's right. always there. Huh. Mm-hmm. So what about, what about people like get, getting back to like, can we become an angel? Like what about people? If, 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 if reincarnation is real and people are evolving their consciousness and their their soul and learning their lessons throughout their lives. I think it's some sort of weird saints. Like can't like if you become a saint and you're like becoming (laughs) a super positive person, like can't you kind of become an angel then? Is that what you're after? No, no. I'm just wondering if like you can like get to the lower ranks of the angelic (laughs) realm. Infiltrate the angel system. (laughs) Um, I think uh, becoming a saint is not really a great goal uh, because most of the time saints have, uh, no real connection with the real world. Sometimes they are praying all the time or sometimes they help a lot of people. It depends. But I think it's not our purpose to become a saint. I think it's to teach others to become better. So once we improve, it's time for us to teach. Hmm. And I think it's uh, it's it's uh, the opposite of, of a selfish behavior. I think we really have this mission on earth to teach others to what we have learned first and how to teach also, uh, and, and it's the ripple effect. Like the more you teach, the more people will teach, and the more goodness is going to expand and, and, and light is going to spread into the world. So I think um, uh, this is, this is the, our purpose. The final purpose, uh, I, I would be God to tell you what it is. <laughs> I'm not God and I cannot tell you. I don't know. Mm. I just know that we have a lot to learn, a lot to, more to do, uh, and, and it's great because uh, it's a motivation to to stay alive and to to do different things at any age. And I always insist on the fact that it's great that now we can change life at any age. It's never too late. And this is what I like to say because uh, for our audience, it's never too late to change life. It's never too late to change projects, to to do what you love, to mm-hmm. start a new passion, to to restart from, from scratch your whole life if you want to, to travel, to do whatever. We have more opportunities now than ever. Yeah. And uh, it's good that we can uh, embrace it and mm, tap into the energy, the global universal energy to use it for good purposes. But the final destination, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. I like that. I think it's some sort of weird soul entanglement where you're with. It's like some sort of reincarnation, but you're with like the soul group. You like yeah, the soul you're group in a thing? group. But you know, I don't know what the number would be. Maybe a couple of dozen, maybe more, <laughs> maybe less. But you're just kind of <laughs> rotating through it. Uh-huh. Your, your destinies are kind of entangled, and yeah, well, it's just like in every reincarnation, you're just playing different roles, but your lives are still. Huh. 
yeah, connected I, to me. Yeah, yeah. I could, yeah. I could, uh, I, I like the yes, open-minded, uh, I like the open-minded attitude for sure. But, but even, but right now you, you got to admit we're living in this materialistic paradigm. So even though there's lots of research out there with near death experience and reincarnation starting to, to happen more research there. And then there's other opportunities with lucid dreaming and psychedelics and other, other things are still, there's still this real, like, you know, skeptical, materialist, dogmatic mm-hmm. structure that we have to live within. It's like we're a schizophrenic society in a way. We've got, you know, people having experiences that are unexplainable and that they're changing their lives. And yet they're not possible according to like our academia. So, so having said that, do you, it seems to me like people that believe in angels or, or have contact with angels don't even really care what the skeptics say or whether you can prove it or not because you know proving near-death experience and, and reincarnation seems a little easier than proving angelic intervention oh not necessarily but i i, I feel like what you were saying is very interesting obviously it, it's always the uh, duality rationality versus uh, spirituality whatever yeah. it is whether angels or uh, ufos or yeah. <laughs> whatever you believe in um the thing is when you believe in angels, you talk about love, you talk about light, you talk about teaching goodness, uh, by, about being generous, about improving your, your, your demeanor, mm-hmm. about being a better person. So you will not be aggressive to these people uh, saying, oh, I've been through this and that. I have experienced uh, 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 an out-of-body experience. I, I travel to another planet. If you don't um, bother them with this type of experiences, but just saying my connection to the angels just makes me a little bit better than maybe I would be without this connection. Yeah. And I have a purpose is to love the people around me and to spread love in the world as much as I can. I don't think anybody could tell you you're stupid or you're, you're insane. I don't think so. Well, no matter rational you are, it's not something that's wrong. Yeah. As, Talking about love is never wrong. So I think uh, we can reconcile somehow rationality and um, spirituality on this level of love, uh, explaining that we're not doing wrong things, whatever our experiences are. And if they don't believe in our experiences, it's not important. As long as they see us radiant, happy to be alive and, 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 and loving life and loving people and loving what we aim to do and having a great purpose. This is all positive and nobody can say this is, this is stupid. I think it's, uh, this is on, this is the common ground between rational people who are really, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, uh, um, headstrong on their, on their purpose. Oh, rationality. I don't believe in, in anything that's uh, beyond my imagination, beyond uh, what I didn't see, beyond experience. Mm-hmm. Although they think this way, they will acknowledge who you are for what you are and what you show. Wow. And this is the magic of angels. This is the magic of this beautiful connection. That's very well said. Yeah, I, thank I, you. Yeah, I, I would tend to tend to agree, or at least hope that that's the case. Yeah, all you mm-hmm. need is love. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and my altar. I need. I need to start an altar. That's one thing missing out of my. You need an spiritual altar. Spiritual practice is like mm-hmm. is that ritual and that altar. I have all the pieces. I just need to put it together. 
Then you got yes. a cult. <laughs> See, that's what that's what you're associated when you say altar. That's what you're associated with there. I, when I associate you with altar, that's the difference. Thanks. <laughs> so, so it's funny though. I wanted to know your personal opinion on this. Like most of the women I know, I would have to say believe in angels. Yet, mm-hmm. very few men I know would would uh, would say that. Oh yes, it's very true. Uh, there's one reason. It's uh, the the reason is iconography, because ever since angels were represented in paintings, uh, stained glass, uh, uh, whatever whatever statues, it's always the same iconography representation of angels with a long pleated toga, with a girdle, with a fair hair, blonde eyes, the wings, uh... the wings. This representation doesn't talk to men nowadays. Uh, it talked to men who painted them in, in the Renaissance times or in the um, medieval times. But nowadays, men are too rational to agree with these representations. And they feel, if I believe in these beings, I'm not virile enough. I'm not a man. I'm not, I'm not manly. I'm, not, I'm just uh, a, a female. So I think it's a very simple reason. And then um, the other reason is that... Um, Women have more de- developed uh, their their um, their intuition. Brain. Intuition, thank you, uh, and much more than men because intuition is. We always say women have a sixth sense, which is very true, by the way. But my men wife also have up it. To this. <laughs> <laughs> men also have it. It's just because they deny that they have it. And I insist on this point. Every single human has the same brain. It's just because women are more emotional. This is the main difference. They express their emotions, whereas men try to, uh, to tap on them and say, uh, no, 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 I don't want, I'm not emotional. I don't want to deal with this. This is uh, the main reason. So, it's pretty simple. So it sounds like you think it's cultural though as well, right? Like it's, yes. it's, it's like yes. men, men in, in the past may have been just as open about it but now, because of whatever cultural influences men have, um, we're, we're sort of closed off. Yes, because men were, uh, when men were painting or, or sculpting or carving angels, they were more in the idea that um, uh, art is, uh, is uh, absolutely the, the, the core of uh, religion and civilization. Whereas nowadays, it's more about working, being successful, making money. And men see themselves more in this, in this pattern than in the previous, uh, previous ones. But the, the also the rationality and, and the fact that it's considered as being a female to, to listen to emotions and intuition. Men don't really, uh, I don't know, you can tell me <laughs> more than I can explain this, but this is what I feel. And also, I think... Definitely that uh, angels are these creatures that men can visualize and, and it, it bothers them. But when I talk to men who were open-minded, not to these uh, representations, that angels could be beings of light and just pure energy and, and pure love, then they open their mind more than seeing these uh, representations. So mm. it's a matter of uh, presenting the topic, not only of about... Um, something that takes a form but something that's real but in a form that we don't even see and then angels are more uh, accepted by by men 
What about people meeting uh, angelic? Angelic, yeah. Angelic entities in psychedelic states like DMT and ayahuasca or LSD. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, you know, you get people who meet bad entities too or indifferent entities. But, you know, some people report angelic. Do you think that's uh, any credence to that? Um, I don't know. I have not experienced this. But um, I think... This is not very sound because uh, angels don't need these. Uh, uh, I don't know how to call this. This uh, platform to for platforms. Yeah. Yes, these uh, these means to to connect. Uh, they don't need them. I think it's it's a somehow a desperate way to to connect to different realms huh. because you can do it very simple. If you sit home, you light a white candle. And you listen to a nice music or not, just light a white candle, sit, take t- three deep breaths and let go of the negative. And then you're connected and you can be cooking in your kitchen and talk to the angels as well. You don't need any kind of uh, drugs or, or mushrooms or whatever. Uh, honestly, you don't need that. So I don't deny that they might visit some people who are in need of help in these situations, in need of help to, to get rid of their addiction and try to connect to them, to show them that there's love somewhere waiting for them. In this sense, I absolutely believe they can connect to these people. Yes. Hmm. So what are some of the other forms that, that they take? Like you mentioned about, about, you know, let's say talking to men about them being light beings or or uh-huh. energy or whatever. So have you encountered uh, through your research different forms like orbs? You hear people talking about uh, oh, there's a, a ton of orb sightings, of, you know, and they, they, people say they're light beings and some people say they're, you know, they're craft that are, uh, you know, uh, cloaked by like an orb of light kind of thing or there's also other light beings like i think you 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 had a vision as well of a light being so is there is there a huge variety of uh manifestations of this yes of course uh because uh, they are beings of energy so energy can take many forms and uh yes they can appear into a human form like the the the, the one who the angel who uh, saved my son, they can appear uh, as an animal who's saving somebody. They can appear uh, as, a, as a woman, as a man, as a child. They can appear as an orb. They can appear as a flame, as a, as a flower, as anything that talks to you and that you need at a certain time. So, yes, absolutely. All kinds of forms. Angels are, uh, have no form and no appearance. And when they appear to us, they need to take a form that we can see and we can acknowledge as a celestial being, but it can be any anything. It, it could be a pet. Like uh, I have uh, a lot of examples of people who their animal doing something special at a certain time to help them because some they're depressed or and the animal becomes very affectionate, whereas he was pretty independent. Uh, things like this happen. It's just because the angels can either appear in the form of the animal or influence the animal. Mm. They can really uh, surround the animal with a beautiful energy, positive energy and a very strong energy to help the, uh, the animal connect with uh, his, um, his, uh, his master, whoever that is. And uh, pets are very connected to, to the angels, children, babies, 
And uh, sometimes uh, babies are happy, like in heaven, because they have no consciousness of, of evil and negativity. And they are in this state that we should reach one day when we pass on this state of, of utter uh, happiness and real bliss. So yes, the angels can take many, many forms. And, mm. and when people say, oh, my pet changed and did this for me, he was very affectionate and because I was very uh, down and I felt this love from this animal. And it's something that comes from these beings who understand and know what you need at a specific time and they help as much as they can. Mm. They, they do what they can for, for us. And this is why they intervene sometimes in, a, in an invisible way. We don't know an angel is there. And I would like to say angels have no ego and they are not looking for any kind of reward and they don't care about that. The only thing they care about is us and us improving and, and feeling better. And this is why many, many angelic interventions are not visible. And some people say, oh, I don't believe in angels because nothing has happened to me. And right. sometimes I ask them, uh, can you tell me some, some day did, did it happen to you that you were, you almost had an accident that didn't happen or uh, you, you, you burnt yourself, but uh, you're, you're, you healed very quickly, unexpectedly fast. Many examples of this, so I'm saying those who come to my mind, but there are so many. And then I'll tell them, you know, the angels at work, you don't know, you don't see that, but they do good things for you that mm. you don't even know about. And they are at work all the time. And when you know this, you feel accompanied by the angels and you feel that you're never alone. There's always a being there for you. And the only thing that is difficult is to know that there is the other side trying to interfere and trying to bother you. So it's, it's a constant fight. But if you have faith in, that you're not alone and that there is a divine presence by your side, you are stronger, you are happy, different, and your life takes a different turn. And it's, it's, it makes your life much better and, and enlightened. And you believe in love more than anything. Darren, are you going to have your angel with you tomorrow when you're driving around the city all frustrated? <laughs> Probably. Yeah? You going to think about it? I see yeah. now this will wake, wake Never you Never drive up. faster than your guardian angel can fly. <laughs> <laughs> but he will tap on your shoulder and say, slow down, please. Yeah. <laughs> so are you, are you, is there anything else that you think we're, uh, you'd like people to know about that are interested in learning more about angels um, before we start wrapping it up here? I would just like um, to tell our, the people in our audience who's interested in, in angels that they are pure, they have no negativity, and remind them that they are not alone. They can connect the departed, the, the, the ones that they loved, they lost, to an angel and connect to this person and really feel there is beyond your understanding and your imagination, there is a being of light that is by your side all the time and talk to him, ask him help, and you will see definitely results. It's, it works. This connection really works. That sounds that's, great. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, that's what and, I wanted to say. Okay, good. And, and you can, your book is full of examples of that and full of, uh, help, um, you know, instructions on how to do that, which is great. And is there also like a website or other ways people can contact you? 
Yes, of course. There is my website with my name, Marie Ainge Fogerolas, uh, all attached, dot com, my name, dot com. Okay. Very simple. And okay. uh, it will be a pleasure. They can leave me a message and uh, I will be happy to, to answer yeah, and uh, connect to them, obviously. And uh, thank you so much for inviting me on on your show. It was a great pleasure. I really enjoyed your questions, very interesting ones that allowed us to go further. Yeah, great. Yeah, no, it was great to have you. Great to have you on, and I thought it was a it was a great conversation. And I really enjoyed it, and I really thank you. It was a wonderful moment with you. Great. Thank you. Yeah, good. Thank you. You're welcome. Good luck with your with your book, and we're going to link to all that in the show notes. And Darren, do you have anything to say? Oh there? yeah, thanks for coming on. Thank you so much, and don't drive too fast tomorrow. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Thanks, Marie. We'll talk to you soon. Thank I'll send you. So you much. I'll send you a link when it comes out. chat with Marianne Fogerola. Fogerola. What'd you think, buddy? Did uh, she make you an angel believer out of you? Uh, probably not quite. Really? I don't know. I'm not ruling it out. I think there's like guardian angels and stuff. Sure, why not? But I don't think I ever had a real problem with it. No. You know. Yeah, that was great though. I, I liked hearing all the personal encounters with stuff like that that you just, to me, like you just can't ignore the whole angels versus demons in the battle, you know, I don't know about all that. Yeah. But as far as angels in the loosest sense of the term, sure. My man. Right on. See? See, Gitmo? I do believe some stuff yet. <laughs> yeah, come back anytime. There's a big book. It's a book and a half, too. Yeah. It's worth the worth the buck. If you're interested it's in angels at because all, it's like seriously, a, yeah, it's, it's like, like an encyclopedia yeah. of angels. Yeah. It's as big as an encyclopedia. It reminds me of a textbook. Yeah, you can look up the That's hierarchy. Like book too. Like date stuff and crystal stuff and it's everything to do with angels. Yeah, like Dave Matheson's big. It's like a textbook, textbook on stars. We need a new bookshelf just to hold those two books. The bookshelf Actually, is need o- a new overflowing bookshelf. onto the floor <laughs> and the table. Someday. So, yeah, so people's donations really help with that kind of stuff. We're really running. It just means you run out of space faster. Yeah. Anywho. Yeah. yeah. Uh, big thanks to Marianne for coming on the show. Uh, big thanks to you guys for listening. Check out grimerica.ca slash support uh, for all the different ways you can help us out financially, uh, whether that be a monthly subscription or a one-time donation. Help us stay ad, sponsor, affiliate-free. Uh, review the show wherever you can. Tell people about the show wherever you can. Share the show. Send me your angel, guardian angel experience. Yeah, send Graham your angel experiences. Or any dreams, other kind of Trip reports, just... Yeah. Send them something to call them an asshole. Whatever you like. I can take it. Maybe we could have a poll on how you pronounce nuclear. 
You just about did it right there. Nuclear. 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 So anyways, uh, my email is G-R-A-H-A-M at GrayAmerica.com. Yeah. Like, love to hear from you. Read them all. And if I don't respond, don't feel bad about hounding me and just sending me a reminder. Because yeah. I do get, they, they get lost. Check out the shirts uh, in the Twitter feed somewhere. There's some pictures of the shirts on the Facebook page. There's some pictures of the shirts. And uh, we have a bunch of take the shots. We're probably running low on stock and some of the other ones. We have, we definitely have uh, classic Grey America and take yeah. the shot. We've got I, a new batch of classic Grey America, gray, and we have uh, a few safe Sasquatches left and then a bunch of take the shots, blue. Yeah, so get your shirts. Uh, those are, of course, available with donations of $25 or more. If you are someplace other than North America, it is $30 or more. And I think we are getting ready to ship our first a shirt to Finland. So that'll be a, that's our first shirt to Finland. Yeah, what, do we have bet. one to the UK? No, no, a couple to the UK now. Any yeah. to Australia? No, not yet. No. No. Oh. All right, guys. Okay. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week. Well, I'm going down the street. I'm going to see Sadie. Got to let her know that she's my baby. I'm tired of the game she's been playing on me. Well, I may be young and foolish inside, but I'm the one and I got my pride in here tonight. Love's going to be all right.
I'm a rambling gram with synchronicities all over the web. And Aaron is skeptical about everyone and don't believe it yet. Nuclear. It's pronounced nuclear. Oh, whatever. Nuclear.